five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond with your host, Justin. But before we get started, how was your geek week? And co-hosts, Dan and Jason. You have to be willing to let the dice help you tell the story. Okay, look, this year, I'm going to stop mispronouncing words. Join us as we cover board games to war games and beyond. Welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin. Got a full crew tonight with Dan and Jason. Welcome, boys. Hey, everybody. Good evening, friends. Well, today is a special episode for us, too, because we have a new partner in crime here on the podcast with us. We would like to welcome Allie from the Gamer Babe Instagram page. Allie, welcome to the show. Thank you. So... I kind of reached out to you, maybe a little bit stalkerish. I'm going to admit <laughs> it was a little bit stalkerish. Kind of reached out to You're you and so said, "Hey, Allie, you have a you have a lot of cool uh, board game content on your Instagram page. Why don't you come on and talk to us about doing a podcast? Um, tell us a little bit about your Instagram page." Um, it started with my husband just saying, "Hey, you should start this page," and I was like, "I don't want to do that." Like, I really <laughs> nice. just was like, why would I do that? Because he has a page, too. But he's like, you're like a woman who's interested in these like geeky games. And you should just go out and share your thoughts. And like, that's like where it came from. <laughs> like, more or less, like, I didn't really want to do it. But I've thor- thoroughly enjoyed it since. So are you more into the board games than the rest of your family are you like uh, the driver in the family more li- it's my husband that's more the driver and then i'm like did you learn the game because if you learn the game i'll play it but i have nice. like when you have to read the directions i'm like oh i don't have time to do that or i don't <laughs> get it like i'm i'm a visual learner and so reading something i just kind of like zone out and so he's really great at learning the games and then he's like here you go and i'm like let's do it so yeah, so but like then I'm also the, like, round. I'm the social one. So I'm like, well, let's invite people over and play it. So we have, like, a, a monthly game group now because of it. And oh, nice. Awesome. So, yeah, it is a lot of fun. That's uh, that's very cool. And so uh, when did you start your uh, Instagram account there? I think it's been three years. Okay. I think. I don't know. It all kind of melts together now, but I think that it started about three years ago. Because you, you're a pretty prolific poster on there. I mean, you post a, like, what, uh, real, like, every other day, every couple I days I try. I do try. Like, it's always in the back of my mind. Like, you know, I'm really grateful for this community because they're, like, not judgy. They're really supportive. And everybody just comes together and, like, shares board game ideas mm-hmm. and suggestions. And I love it. And so I'm always like, okay, I got to share more. I got to get out there and kind of, like, I don't know. I just... I just think it's a great community. It's like if I'm going to be an influencer in some area, I'll, I'm totally game for this. Yeah. Oh, it's a fun. It's a fun aspect to be an influencer. In, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather do it than makeup, but that's just me. <laughs> I did try the makeup route. I'm not going to lie, and I was like, eh, this is just not for me. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you've done way better than me. I have. I was telling the guys yesterday. I have two posts. On my Instagram, the whole time I've been there, and one of them is the picture of a quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> a high accomplishment. That's right. Uh, I went to fast like, food. Click. It was like the first time I had eaten McDonald's in like a decade. And my kids were like, you got to try the new Quarter Pounder, Dad. It's made with fresh beef. And, uh, well, it didn't go over so well. But I also have the other picture is of bases I made for my miniature games. But you've got... You've, you're showing me up big time, so i got to oh. get on there and do some it's more. It's a lot of work, but it's it's been fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, um, this is your first time on a podcast? Yes. Are you nervous? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, uh, I can't tell. You're doing awesome Thanks. so far, right? <laughs> so uh that's awesome uh it's interesting because being being on a podcast is a little bit of a different medium even though it's all kind of lumped in with social media and all of that stuff but uh it's uh it's it's fun it's fun reaching out to different people who kind of float in different spheres and try to connect uh those people so yeah um it's uh it's it's great and thank you so much for coming on the show yeah thanks for asking yeah, well, and don't worry, we're going to edit out all the times that we flounder and make mistakes. And <laughs> yes, anyways, that's no. right. Okay. No, we, just put big, we just put bookends on it and push play. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, at th- I mean, at this point, when, when uh, Dan, Jason, and I flounder and make mistakes, we tend to highlight those. Yeah, so, it's like, you know. nice. what, what was that word you tried to say there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mispronouncing, right? Yeah. yeah, mispronouncing. Yeah, I remember the first couple episodes when we first were doing podcasts, I was like, painstakingly going in and like editing out every um and i was like this is gonna be the most perfect thing now i'm just like yeah, i don't care yeah just gonna, yeah. just gonna <laughs> you're push, the only publish. one that notices it yeah right exactly yeah yeah definitely well uh as always we we like to start our show with geek week so dan why don't you kick us off how was your geek week it was pretty great um a funny thing happened over the weekend my young 10 year old son says dad i have an important question for you will you teach me how to play Halo? And I got a little tear in my eye, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, I will teach you how to play Halo. So we downloaded the Master Chief uh, thing, which he didn't realize would take the better part of a day to download. Seriously, it's so bad. There's so much stuff. It's taking up my entire drive, but that's okay. And we played the original OG Combat Evolve together. We got through the first two missions, and uh, that was how we, we burned Sunday after church, and we just we had a ball. It was great. Do you um do you so do you have the Master Chief collection or? Oh well, it's Games Pass. It's Games yeah. Pass. You yeah. just I I don't have the I I only I only have what Games Pass lets me have and and it was remastered and it was okay yep. and it was yeah. good. it wasn't too bad. So I think that's the one where you there's like a single button you can hit that toggles between the old graphics and the new yep. graphics. Yeah, oh, it's really? a select button. Yeah, you should do it regularly. It's fun. My my number one problem is getting the music, the sound effects, and the uh, talk track to balance properly on my surround sound system oh, because yeah. I keep going because he, he always logs in first because he's such an eager beaver. I'm like, hit pause. We have to adjust the music <laughs> down 20 clicks. Okay. Up three. Nope. Down one. Yeah. That's, that's what I do with him. So, but it's okay. We figured it out and, and uh, my, my uh, anal retentiveness didn't undermine his, his game time playing. So we had fun. Um, my major accomplishment, though, is I finished painting my Star Wars Legion army wow. with the Shadow Collective guys and all my Mandalorians and all my Black Sun dudes and um, my Boba Fett. Um, it was really great. It's all done. It just I just need to finish basing them and sealing them, which I have not done, but they're in my display case waiting for me to do that last step. And I did have some friends hand me some gift cards because we had a, a family tragedy and... 
Uh, I went straight to miniature market and bought an Imperial army. So I'm going to be doing more Legion, more Legion painting coming up. Um, so I, I went on Discord and was like, guys, should I get Legion? Should I get more uh, Warcry? Should I get into Kill Team? And after a lot of discussion, I was like, well, if I have Star Wars stuff, I know I'll keep it forever and enjoy painting it. So <laughs> that's really much, pretty much what it came down to. Yeah, so. I'm still waiting for that uh, that that set that you pointed me towards to come off a pre-order yeah come it's off still, yet? yeah Is there's an imperial one that's coming on pre-order i decided not to get that because i got into the meta websites and i'm like oh those aren't even the best troops if i throw an extra 40 or 50 dollars at it i'll have a better army of a game i'll never play that's what i'm doing there you that's go. what i'm doing so uh, <laughs> make it yours you can tell where my weaknesses lie between Armada, Legion, and, and X-Wing. I have a lot of weaknesses. So that's okay. I've realized the joy of painting now. And now that all my painting's done, I like miss it. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't avoid my family in the basement for four or five hours at a, at a whack and paint down here. So, well, you know, not Justin's that I wanna... got a lot uh, backlog there you might be able to help him with. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, we have so many of these board games, which we're going to talk about tonight, and so many of them have unpainted minis. And I'm like, oh, that game has unpainted minis, and that game has unpainted minis. Hey, Allie, have you guys paint ever painted, have you painted any of your board game uh, components? Uh, we have not. We have thought about it, but so I, in my family, we have like a genetic like shaky hands if you look uh, closely okay. in some yeah. of the like reels, you might see my hands <laughs> and it's a like ongoing, like they make fun of me for it. But my niece will be like, Oh, Allie could not do this because her hand would not hold still long enough mm. for the detail. Um, but we, again, we have the same thing where we're like, Oh, maybe we should look into painting some of these, but it's, it's a really awesome slippery slope. If, yeah. if, except for the handshaking thing. I, I can't comment on that. I can't say with contrast paints, you can have a shaky hand and you can get pretty good with results. Oh, yeah, with a, with a rattle out. can and a with two rattle cans, a primer, a dark one, and a light one, and one contrast paint with shaky hands, you'll have a much more interesting mini than you would um, with, uh, with just, just gray. So anyway... We have a yeah. whole episode on that where we waxed philosophical. I, I, I don't want to belabor it, but uh, I started painting minis that came out of my uh, Journeys of Middle Earth game, and that's that got me hooked. Yeah. And then that opened the door to these horrible Games Workshop games where you spend <laughs> too much money. <laughs> so. We had an awesome game store that closed down, unfortunately, because of COVID, but they had like parties, painting parties, and they had oh, walls sweet. of paint. And it was like, so tempting to go in there. And I was like, is this another hobby that we could afford to do? <laughs> <laughs> so. it, it, it's no, definitely a whole wing it. of the building. It's a whole wing of the hobby building. You know, mm -hmm. there's the RPG wing, the board game wing, the painting yeah. wing, you just gotta, you gotta know what real estate you're we buying. We have the Let books wing, that. the guitars wing, the board games ring, like it's <laughs> just, we have like almost have like a room for each hobby going on that I'm like, Oh, I don't know board game. if like painting could be another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely, it requires a dedicated space for sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's good stuff. Well, that was my geek week. I'll hand it back to you. Big J. Nice. Uh, Allie, why don't you, uh, why don't you head us up next? What yeah. did you, how, how was your geek week? Uh, my geek week was actually awesome because we've decided to like, try to downsize our board games so we've been playing a lot of old games that we have forgotten about and so we got to like play some games and then after be like hey thumbs up thumbs down are we in the middle like what do we want to do with these games and I mean we kept them all like, <laughs> like 
like right. after after playing them, <laughs> right. we're like, oh, that's we bad. really want to play that one again. You know, yeah. that means so, you have good taste, Allie. Awesome. That means yeah. you have good taste. Yeah, yeah. So it was just fun to kind of like rekindle those games that we just hadn't played in a while. So we played one called Miyabi, which I feel like if you look it up, it looks like it says Miyagi, and I just think of Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it just looks like it. And even my daughter's like, wait, that's that's a that's a B, not a G. I'm like, I it know, does right? say Miyagi. Yeah, it totally it, does. say Right. It. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a fun like um, oh, it's a pretty kinda, aesthetic. Yeah. It's just a pretty like build kind of like your own like Zen garden. I've seen this. Know? Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. yeah. You're building a garden. It's okay. really fun because when I do stories, like when we play a board game, I'll do a stories and I'll be like, guess the game we're playing. And nine times out of 10, I'll get comments from people that are just like, I have no idea what games you're like bringing to the table. I've never seen these games before. And so it's just fun to like get people's input and like have them learn about these new games. And Legendor- Legendary Forest is like Miyabi where you're like building your own forest, but it's kind of like the four seasons in an aspect of it. Like it's just huh. really pretty. And like even my seven-year-old could play it with us. So that was, it was just fun. It's fun to get out the old games and we'll just keep making space for them because apparently we can't get rid of any. <laughs> so <laughs> That means they're all good. good. Yeah, yeah, they really yeah. are. And it's fun to just forget you you just forget the gameplays of so many different games and it's so impressive that there are so many different options of gameplays out there so it's it blows my mind that people can think of so many different ways to play these games yeah. So yeah. apparently, uh, Miyabi is also a ten-piece magnetic easel knife block. <laughs> I know, I saw oh. that too. <laughs> <laughs> so did not know so, that, but hey. Yeah. So the With game. With Yeah. The uh, Haba Miyabi retails for thirty-nine ninety-nine on Amazon.com. But if you want that ten-piece set of knives, it's only a cool eleven hundred dollars. Oh. So yeah, be careful when you buy. Yeah, pay attention to your to your that. purchase. That's right. crazy. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> see what she was saying but i mean she had high ratings so let's go ahead and get this knife set we're going for it we're gonna make a garden out of this somehow <laughs> this game seems a little dangerous yeah she played with her seven-year-old <laughs> uh, yeah. awesome very good very yeah. good I guess my other like geek week thing is like sometimes in the evening, like if my brain just doesn't want to do a board game, we'll like log on and play some Fortnite. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's just yep. fun too. Did you get some good Fortnite time over the Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, we did one evening where we got the kids in bed and just was like, you know what? It's just time to to play so we each have a tv in our bedroom <laughs> we both, like we each have a screen so we have our own full screen and we just like go and try to get all of the um oh goodness were you i can't think of the word now achievements i guess would be oh the yeah. Word. Uh, yeah, yeah you yeah. know where you go like and it's like quests. yeah it's just yeah the little quests on the side so it's fun so I think it's hilarious that you're like, oh, wow, the kids are in bed, honey. Let's go play Fortnite. <laughs> like, I don't think I've really heard those words in that combination before, you know? That's healthy. Yeah. That's good. And That's it depends on the season because there are some seasons where literally it's like every night we're like, okay, you know, they are in bed. Let's go play. And then some seasons we're like, eh, we're just not feeling it. So it's maybe like once a week that we'll play just to make sure we get our V-Bucks so that we can join yep. the next season, you know? So, yeah. And uh, what what has been your favorite season so far? Uh, honestly, the Marvel season with like yeah. Iron Man that was the best. And then we obviously like played 
a ton just to earn Darth Vader when right. <laughs> that was like when the there was the Star like, Wars ship. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah my son, my son very much the... enjoyed the Marvel. One. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. Well, I played with him too a little bit. It was a lot of fun. Didn't yeah. they reveal part of uh, some dialogue from Star Wars Nine on Fortnite only that wasn't incorporated into the movie? Uh, you may not. I, oh, I don't yeah. know. Palpatine. That uh, sounds familiar. Palpatine has this big long speech about how he's back in uh, Episode Nine, and and it was Fortnite where you can actually hear that audio. <laughs> That's wow. where, huh? that's where Lucas decided that. to hit the most people. So I thought that was really funny. Oh. That is hilarious. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, it sounds like a very productive geek week, Allie. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Jason, how was your geek week? It was good, man. Uh, my daughter came up from college for Thanksgiving. Uh, she's studying uh, you know, music education down in uh, VCU. And uh, she's a big Death Note fan. Uh, so I think her... Death Note and Cowboy Bebop are her two number one um, animes that she will just go back to and watch. Uh, so w- after she went left and went back down to college, I decided as a Chris, and I, I can say this because I know she doesn't listen to my podcast. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I, as a Christmas present, I'm uh, print, printing out a really cool statue of uh, Ryuk, who is like the main demon from Death Note that I'm going to print and paint for her. Um, and, uh, so, so I put a link to it, uh, there, but if you could, there's, there's only actually, there's not really that many, um, you know, 3d modeled, uh, STLs that have actually been made for printing, 3d printing that are out there. So I found one that was on, um, uh, CG trader, which is one where people kind of post their work and you can buy their models for like five bucks or six bucks and download the STL, um, and then, uh, print it. So I've been printing that and working on it. They don't come, um. They're not like the um, things like Loot Studios or Archvillain Games where you pay a subscription and you get like 40 minis a month yeah. and they come pre-supported. This one's not pre-supported at all. And I'm not sure that the people who are designing these are really like super uh, 3D print savvy because some of these hards are re- some of these parts are really hard to support properly. Yeah. Uh, so I've been working on it. Now, fortunately, I've gotten every part except for his wings to print properly so i'm working on the wings right now trying to support them and and reprint them anyone who has a 3d printer knows that um it's it's a long and arduous process w- to work through failed prints uh you know because you don't even know it's failed until you know an hour and a half in and then you got to go back and analyze it and figure out where it failed and try to you know re- redo the supports and stuff like that but Making good progress on it, so that was that was part nice. of my geek week. I think it's going to look look pretty good. My wife approved of it, which is uh, which is always a good thing. The last thing is uh, I finally finished Mandalorian season two over the Thanksgiving. <laughs> well Thanksgiving done, sir. Well yes. done. And I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed the back half of this season way more yeah. than the middle half. Like I, the season lost me in the middle and I stopped watching it and I went over to other things and like a long, obviously a long time went by, but really enjoyed the last, I'll say like three, basically once, you know, it's been long enough now that whatever spoiler city, but you know, when Boba Fett showed up, uh, that's when it started to get interesting for me again. And, uh, from that point forward, I really started to kind of enjoy it, um, a lot more. That last episode wasn't too bad. 
Well, now you need to watch The Book of Boba Fett, which is basically The Mandalorian Season 2.5. Yeah, and it's another <laughs> one of those things, man. I'm struggling. Like, we've, t- we've talked about this so much in so many episodes. Like, I, I don't get... I have a hard time spending time on shows when I don't hear rave reviews from them. And I did not hear a lot of a lot of awesomeness. I didn't hear bad stuff, but I didn't hear like it was always kind of like a yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it had good and bad moments. It, it wasn't I, I my could, favorite. Bubble Fat yeah. one wasn't. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm kind of like I've got that queued up with the, you know, the the ring. I've got that queued up with, you know, just so many other things people keep recommending. I'm like I'm really gravitating to when people when people say you got to watch the show, it was awesome. Then that goes up to the top of my list. I'm going to ring, I'm gonna ring that bell for cause. for Andor, Jason. I'm hearing a lot of good stuff it about Andor. It is so good, and I think that's what that, I think that's the one that's actually going to jump next on my list here. Yeah, and it doesn't have you don't have to know anything about what happened in Mandalorian. It's a different time frame and everything, yeah. so you don't need. It's like well, it helps if you watched Rogue One, but you don't even yeah. have to have watched Rogue One to get Andor. Well, it's interesting. Rogue One is my wife's um, favorite. Uh, Star Wars movie yeah. of the I'll say of the late the late the latest generation of movies. Yeah, um, I I think Rogue One's my second favorite Star Wars movie overall. Overall, yeah, yeah. Number one being Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, it's good for you, good. Jason, to catch up with what we were all doing a year ago. I know. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. good. Well, finally got some free time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you don't have to watch all of book Book of Boba Fett. You do have to catch like two episodes that are just pure Mandalorian episodes. Right? It's like they got tired of writing about Boba Fett. They're like, you know, we should write some Mandalorian episodes inside a book of Boba Fett. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it, though. There's, I blogged about it. It's my only series I blogged about because I have have an unconditional love. Check out uh, Dan's thoughts on the book of Boba Fett on our website. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. For Mike Geek Week... Uh, I finally finished Cyberpunk 2077. I did it, guys. I finished it. You pushed it. Every side quest. Uh, Yes, but you want to know something? Was it a sigh of relief? I didn't finish every side quest because apparently when I went through and finished the last mission, that was it. That was the end of the game. Oh, they didn't let you go back. Uh, I was... I I. I'm done with this game. Could you load? <laughs> did you have a save point you could load, or was it one of those? Yeah, games I where could, you- but I'm done. Like at this point, I'm done. I'm <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Besides, uh, Dark Tide, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide is coming out in two days, and that's what I'll be spending yeah. some of my time on. And also the um, what is it? The Callisto Protocol. Yeah, yeah, dude. You've been coming out on it? Friday. It looks awesome. It does look awesome, and that's a that's a day one on Games Pass as well. Is it on Games Pass? It is on Games Pass from I what I saw. Oh man, I was ready to drop sixty bucks either way. I, I you better I okay. I love Glenn Schofield, man. The guy I am, the uh, director of Dead Space that's running that with his studios. From, yeah, from what I was reading it looks like it's on Games Pass, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So okay. well either way. Don't believe him. Yeah. Don't believe him. Don't believe him. <laughs> drop the money. No, he wants to believe. I you know what's funny? The guy that guy's been in game the guy who's directing that. Right, who uh, uh, directed Dead Space? Um, uh, he they did this thing where he got online and he sat in front of a computer and ever and people could just tweet in and <clears throat> tweet. You get the idea. He they could come in and ask him questions, and it was so painful, dude. I thought it's all this is gonna be really cool because this guy's he's he's super professional. He you know he's been in the industry for a long time, and he's getting stuff like he's getting almost all the questions are like, hey yo, like like I want to be a game director. Like I think I could be awesome. And he's like, he has to make a question out of that. 
Like there was, it's just, <laughs> and it's like an, it's like 45 minutes of these like crazy, you know, like non-question, just I'm cool. Thanks for reading my tweet. Thing. Nice. I'm just feeling for the guy like, oh my gosh, man, what a wasted opportunity from the community. But uh, the guy is awesome. You should, you should actually, there are a couple documentaries on YouTube of him when he was making Dead Space and him going through his creative process with Dead Space. And they're really a good watch to see like the art form behind video games. Yeah. And horror games as well. Huh. Very cool. Well, that I'm was a little excited. side tangent, but anyways. I, well, I'm excited because I did finish the Cyberpunk 2077. Now, Allie, for your background, I the whole reason that I like downloaded and played this game was because I we got a review copy of Cyberpunk Red, which is a, a tabletop RPG from Artelsorian Games. And um, so I was like, I need kind of like more pop culture references around this before I dig into the book. So I downloaded that game and played it. And um, it, I have a love-hate relationship with that thing now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I'm glad, it, I'm glad it's over and I'm, I'm kind of done. So You know, when you're on your deathbed, Justin, you're going to think, you know, I should have spent more time playing I Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> I should have gone back. I should have gone back and finished those quests, apparently. <laughs> so annoyed. Those it's side quests this- are bothering me. So annoyed. Well, we can all live with our regrets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing I did, uh, I went full Tron mode over the weekend, and I entered the code, uh, meaning that I am designing an app for Warcry right now, and uh, I help. I had my brother, who is a web developer, help me with all the JavaScript stuff because I'm woefully lost. I'm like a little puppy playing in code. Um and he is like the Zen master, being like, "Oh, buddy, this is what you need to do." And I'm like, "I've been oh. pretty impressed with your with the stuff you put up so far. I yeah. think you're learning very fast." Yeah, I'm picking it up, but still, though, like he he's like, uh, "Dude, you need squiggly brackets around that." And I'm like, "Not regular brackets, Birkin." <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's really funny because he's my little brother of like five. You know, he's like five years my younger, but when it comes to this stuff, he's like you know, light years ahead of me. And this so, is, this is what he loves doing. So you would say he has coded the master control program in your Tron. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah, that was a exactly. That was a deep pull <laughs> folks. Just don't, uh, <laughs> just don't sit with a camera to your back. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> or a laser that will, right. that laser will take camera. you apart yeah. and beam you. Yeah. Sorry. The first that. laser 3d scanner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess it's a reverse scanner or whatever, but anyways, so yeah. Anyway, but you know, I I joke because uh, you know, whenever I I go to like update a website at work or something like that, I like put my headphones on and I put on Tron music and I'm like I'm entering the code. <laughs> you know, that's right. You gotta so, find your Zen, man. Exactly. So anyway, but it was good. It was a good weekend because I got a lot of stuff done and I can't wait to can't wait to have this thing go because it's gonna be it's gonna be excellent when we're ready for it. So. Anyway, but that's our Geek Week. Uh, sounds like we all had really good Geek Weeks. I mean, I guess it was Thanksgiving weekend, and so lots of uh, lots of good opportunities to take time off time. And, yeah. Yeah, and enjoy it. So very good. But with the end of Geek Week, that brings us to our Geek News. It's queued up, I swear. It's queued up, I swear. Never, this never I'm works. I'm hitting play. Every time I give the <laughs> cue, it never works. <laughs> Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond, 
news. <laughs> Good job, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's my one moment to be a news anchor. <laughs> All right. Um, this is of limited interest, but high interest to me. Um, a Gamer Nation Con 8 is gone on Kickstarter. It's already funded, but it's open for another month. Uh, it's April 13th, 13th to the 16th. It's in the Dallas area. It, the location is the Dallas Games Marathon. And this is their eighth convention. Um, Gamer Nation was originally spawned out of a podcast that was Order 66, and then they became a network, and then they got into... Then they became a game company, and then they get, got into conventions. So um, Dave Villegas and Chris Witt, I've known them for many, many years. And um, this is will be one of the friendliest cons you will ever go to. Rather than going to a Gen Con where we count attendees in tens of thousands, this is more of a dozens. But um, the, their new venue, the Dallas Games Marathon, has um, a very extensive board game library that is on site and will be available as well as all the usual other kinds of games, RPGs and other stuff like that. Um, they're super great, and uh, if you're in the Dallas area, or in uh, or nearby, where Dallas doesn't seem like too far of a of a hike, um, go down check it out. They do you get experience points the more conventions you go to, and you get more. They give you more swag based on how often you come. So they they you are remembered, and and a member of the community upon entering, which is um, a sweet thing they do, and they're, they're great guys. Allie, have you, uh, you or your husband ever hit up any gaming conventions? We have not. It's on our bucket list, but we haven't done any yet. Yeah, it definitely should be on your bucket list. I mean, it was on my bucket list. I'm just going to do this this convention thing once, and I did it once, and now I can't stop doing it. See, like, and that's my year. fear. So <laughs> maybe it'll be a while before. <laughs> I have had some people reach out and ask if you know I was coming and if I'd want to help at some booths and stuff. And oh, like, of course, cool. I'd love to do that. It's just financially getting there that is the holdup so <laughs> yeah well you know we have we have a couple friends that uh that help out in booths and um they get paid in board games which is kind of cool like they'll yeah. walk away with just you know bags of board games from helping at these conventions which is kind of cool and, and their yeah. hotel in travel is comped as well based on the company oh. yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it's pretty good yeah someday good. someday it's definitely on the bucket list cool now, Ali, do you do you play only board games, or do you do RPGs as well, or anything like that? Um, it's mostly board games. Like, yeah, that's mostly yeah. where I board games or video cool. games. Those are the big two. And right that on. is awesome. Yeah, all absolutely. all gamers welcome. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Well, yeah. uh, Gen Con, of course, is the big mother, and the second big mother is the Origins Game Fair, which is in Ohio. I'm sure you know Gen Con is in Indianapolis in the summertime. Yeah. Both of those are in the summer. They're both great. Um, and we've done some other. Uh, we will go to uh, conventions of any size. And, one, of the, uh, one of these years we're going to go to Spiel. We, we, we yes. will not go to Spiel in Germany. In Germany. <laughs> you can go without me. No, what? Dan. Oh, Dan. You guys are. Dan. You guys always talk fancy to me, and I always spend more money. That's why I'm in the Games Workshop. <laughs> Sweetie, I have to buy tickets to Germany. Why? They talk fancy to me again. That's that's the hard thing. It's like, hey, babe, I'm going to go to Germany without me. 
Right, yeah, right. Buddy. Exactly. <laughs> you can, you yeah. can come if you want. Uh, but anyways, all right, what's the next news next item? Next news item. There's been a persistent rumor going around the internet that um, Wizards of the Coast is going to end the open gaming license, um, which is a thing that there's a new version of Dungeons and Dragons coming out called One D and D. It's essentially the next version, and it'll be a better, it'll be better integrated with online resources. And there's like three stools, three legs to the stool of One D and D. And there's a lot of negative uh, fan buzz around ending the open game license. And for those who are not aware, the o- open gaming license has been around in multiple versions of D and D. And what that allows, it allows third-party people to uh, publish, to create and publish and make money off of their own content for Dungeons & Dragons. And it's a whole cottage industry. Um, in fact, half of what you'll see on Kickstarter for D&D is uh, under, the open gaming, uh, under the open game license. So it was such a big deal and such a big rumor that Wizards of the Coast had to issue a statement and they said, we will continue to support the thousands of creators making third-party D&D content with the release of One D&D in 2024. While it is certain our open game license will continue to evolve just as it has since its inception, we're too early in development of One D&D to give more specifics on the OGL or system reference document at this time. So... FYI, they're aware of the rumors. They're trying to stamp them out. But they know that because there's going to be a much heavier digital footprint in uh, 1D&D when it comes out, they've given themselves a little bit of a little bit of, little bit of a wiggle room. But I, I doubt they're going to wholly destroy open gaming license. And one of the things, if you read the fine print of the current open gaming license, it allows as long as... Um, there's not a new version. Um, a- any version that's been open is open in perpetuity. So yeah. anything that has been put out on 5e, you can continue to, to make 5e material, compatible material forever and ever and ever. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a component of the OGL. So there's a, been, a, been a lot of uh, chicken little skies falling over this, so much so that they got the attention of, of Hasbro and they had to say something about it. So anyway... FYI, it is exciting that there's a new version coming out. It is exciting that they're embracing uh, incorporating better technology into D&D. But um, I think they're not going to push or elbow out um, third-party creators because that would would create a a pretty bad taste in everybody's mouth, and it could really undermine all of the gains they made with 5th edition. Yeah, and there are other options people could gravitate towards. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, somebody could go out and make uh, their own game that sounded a lot like Dungeons and Dragons, like Schmunzens and Schmaggins. Well, Pathfinder you know? is still publishing <laughs> under the 3.5 open game license. Right. And they right. they are the a gigantic, uh, uh, what would you call it, competitor to Wizards of the Coast. So yep. um, it's, and, and look, uh, if D&D wanted to shut anybody down, they would go find Paizo and say, okay, shut down your shut down your whole entire business because you're you're playing in our sandbox, but they haven't. So I, I think as yeah. long as Paizo's out there publishing and making money hand over fist, every, all the other small fish can do that as well. Yeah. 
Um, also in RPG news, Chaosium announced a November 30 release date for the Rivers of London, the role-playing game. The game places the players in the roles of newly recruited members of the London Metropolitan Police Service Special Magic Branch, known as the Folly. Characters will solve mysteries, catch criminals, and come to grips with Demonde. Demimond. Demimond. Sorry, did I say that? Which right? is half half world, right? Mm. Like so, it's like the devil world. The devil world. Uh, not those... devil, double, like, <laughs> not world. devil world. Oh, so now we're playing. I heard uh, devil world. Devil world. <laughs> what was that? That was your game that you guys were playing. What was that? Uh, Shadows of the Demon Lord. That's what that yeah. is. Right? Uh, okay. So anyway, um, I like, uh, I like uh, slipping in some weird stuff into the news. And uh, there's been uh, two weird things and one big industry thing for today. So that's the yeah. news. And I'm still here. Very good, Dan. Thank you very much. My pleasure. We appreciate it. Well, uh, let's get to our main topic. So given that Thanksgiving has recently happened, that means that we can now officially get into full Christmas mode. I know some people like to do it beforehand, and they're wrong. But, you know, <laughs> here we are. We can... Dude, I, I saw uh, – I, I'm a member of a dad's joke Facebook community. Uh-huh. And I saw a picture there of a shed. It was just a picture of the shed, and in the caption it said, here's a picture of my Christmas tree. It's still in the shed because it's still November. <laughs> <laughs> I showed my wife. Yeah, yeah. I, cause my, my, my kids, I'm one of those guys that Christmas doesn't come out until we are done with Thanksgiving dinner. And, uh, and, and my, so much so that one year my son was in the car with us, and one of my kids in the back was just like, I don't know, this was like uh, October or something. One of my kids just started randomly singing Jingle Bells, and my son says, stop it or dad's going to unleash the Christmas beast. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Yeah. It's like, that's, oh, that's, that's what my kids think of me. Yeah. So anyways. So, yeah. yeah. Well, now that we are in full swing we of sure Christmas are. time. And approved Christmas time, uh, we get we get a special opportunity, and this is the whole reason we brought Allie onto the show with us today, is to talk about what are great games to give as Christmas presents to friends, family, coworkers, whomever. It's uh, kind of up to us. So, and we could tell from her Instagram that all of our game collections combined do not equal her game collection. Oh no, that is that is probably true. <laughs> It is true. She she is the expert on this podcast for sure. Oh. So uh, let's go around the horn. Allie, why don't you take us away with number one? Uh, what, what, what's the first one of your list? Uh, the first one on my list I have is Clank. Um, nice. And it may be on my list because we finally finished Clank Legacy. <laughs> but um, I don't know. That one, it's like a press your luck um, deck building game. Uh-huh. And I we just love it more or less um, because of the press your luck part. You can go down deep into into your travels to try to collect the best, um, the most points, basically. That's what we try to do. You go for the, the, the lower you go, the more points you have to gather and then get back out before the dragon attacks you. So whenever mm-hmm. there's a dragon attack, we're very animated, like, the dragon attack, the dragon attack. And <laughs> so it's just nice. a very fun, like, press your luck game. With just so many different elements that you just never know who's gonna get get the get the winning points. So, I mean, this is pretty highly rated on uh, Board Game Geek, right? It's got a seven point eight out of ten, which is a pretty good score for a game. Yeah. Um, what uh, what makes it a good gift in your opinion, and who would you give this to? 
So this one I would definitely give to someone who is into board games. I don't feel like it's one of those like, here's a board game if you've never played board games before. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this one it is mostly for those who are into board games that um, I that like deck building, like Dominion type games, you know, okay. it just adds an added effect to it. Um, having the board game instead of just the cards. Um, I don't like families. I think older families, if you have older kids, they would probably enjoy it um, as well. And it is two to four players, right? Yep. Uh, so like if you've got a family of eight, to realize that only half the people get a play at a time, which is okay sometimes. It's okay. true. But it also, like, I mean, we've played where we've teamed up, so you kind of, like, yeah. double duty it if you want to, you know? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. This has always actually been on my list of a game to play, to try. Yeah. Because um, I've heard really good things about it in the past, and I have I've yet to play it, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely. a fun one. Very good. Very good. All right. Thank you. Uh, Dan, what about your first one? It's a it's an oldie but a uh, goodie. We've talked about it a lot, um, but I think Betrayal House on the Hill is in its third edition right now. I saw it on Amazon Cyber Monday for like twenty five bucks, and I was like, "Who am I going to oh, buy wow. this for?" And I'm like, "Myself, <laughs> yourself." <laughs> that is such a good one. I didn't know there was a third edition to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think even like most of my games that I'm going to buy for people i'm just assuming they're not into my crap you know um so I, I would think that that would be we talked about gateway board games before how to get people into board games and that one is that one's just pure fun i think we've we've played the heck out of it in our gaming group so much so that when we suggest it people go no 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 no, no. We, we've played that one too much <laughs> but that's signed that that's that the game really has has good legs and so and there's always an element of, of fun to it and um you can have a very uh, diverse gr group of people that can have a great time. So anyway, that's that's the one that I think is great. And it's one of those that you find on the store shelves. You'll find it in a big box store. You'll find it on sale online. You know, so it's it's a classic. Now, Dan, who would you give that game to? I would say anybody who fits the age range on the box or their family does, right? You wouldn't give it to a family where most of the kids are, you know, under the age of eight. I don't, I, I don't have the box uh, in front yeah. of me, but uh, it's a family game. It's also a party game. It's also a gamer game. So it, it, it rings a lot of bells. Um, and uh, it doesn't really demand very much of you, you know. Uh, there, are, you know, there are expansions and stuff like that, but it doesn't really kind of, you know, it's not like going down the rabbit hole of some really deep lifestyle gamer game games where you just you're expansioning the heck out of it and you're you get addicted to it. Kind of like uh, Arkham Horror used to be like 10, 15 years ago when they had like yeah. seven or eight expansions. So anyway, I I, I think it's for, all of my picks are for general audiences. Yeah, this is a 12 plus on the box, right? Yeah. yeah. The community suggests 14 plus. Um, we have Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, which is, you know, the D&D &D kind of skin of this game. And I'll tell you what, my nine-year-old likes playing the Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. And, of course, we kind of have to help her. <clears throat> because with this game, this is the type of game where, you know, you play, play, play until a haunting happens. And then somebody's the traitor, right? And if that person is a young person, then it's a little bit more difficult. You have, you have to have somebody right. hold their hand a little bit 
to be able to be the trader. But if it's a you know an older person that can read and follow directions, you're going to have a good time. Yep. Absolutely. I love it too because there's so many scenarios. So it's rare you'll ever yeah. play the same scenario twice. I never yeah, right. want to be the betrayer. I'm always like, please don't be the person. Please don't be the person. But <laughs> I still me. love playing me. <laughs> like, I love playing it. I just am like, I don't want to be the one who's against everybody. <laughs> Trying to ruin everyone's fun. Yes. yes. Yeah. I always <laughs> secretly hope it's me. <laughs> well, you know, between Maybe you. I don't have a good game face where I'm like, okay, I have to keep my cool. I have to keep my cool. <laughs> like, no one's going to know it's me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I love the rand. It's got random tiles, which is great. It's got, you know, random assignment. D- different, th- so many things can happen randomly. It, you you really can't play the same game twice. Yeah. Um, you can get, you if you play it enough, you learn how to beat each boss. Um, and that probably is, um, that probably takes away from it. But you've got to have a lot of, you have to have a lot of reps under your belt before you start learning the AI of the game. Yeah, definitely. All right, who's next? Yeah, good one. Jason, you're up. All right, man. My first one is Lost Ruins of Arnak. This is uh, a game that was actually released in it's either 2020 or 2021. It came out during the pandemic. And so I think it really hit. It was really pushed hard this last Gen Con by yeah, CGE I'm Games. At, yeah. Look at my Gen Con bag with this with the picture of it on the yeah, side man. of it. <clears throat> um, I, I really I've played this game a few times. I really enjoy it. Um, I think it's uh, a game that does take a little bit of understanding, worker placement, deck building, uh, and resource management. Um, although I think it's a really good way it's a really good way to introduce those concepts to people who haven't uh, maybe played those games before. Um, you know, my I've talked about this before. You know, my wife uh, doesn't like the same kind of games that we play. Uh, she played this with us, and she grasped it and was able to push push forward and understand the concept of you know you've got worker placements where you're every round you're taking your little meeples and you're putting them somewhere on the board and and they're earning you resources that you're acquiring to be able to do something with on your next turn. Uh, so she grasped that concept very well, and it's all skinned in this kind of Indiana Jones slash Tomb Raider. Um, you know, exploring some lost ruins uh, on an on an island and and finding artifacts and researching. So it has a really kind of fun feel as you're playing the game. Uh, my my 11 year old, uh, I say I had an 11 year old, a f- 18 year old, and a 14 year old played it with me. Um, we played it uh, pretty quickly. I don't know if a I don't know if a seven year old would really be able to play without someone's help. Uh, on this game, but yeah, this one has also a twelve plus uh, yeah. age. The community says ten plus. Yeah, like I could see ten. I could yeah, see I could ten. Too. Yeah, and and you're right. It did come out in 2020. Yeah, I I tell you what I really like about this game. Like number one, it's a really good way to introduce the concept of deck building, uh, and worker placement and resource management. But what I really like about it is the way it's the way it's designed. Every time you do something, you take a turn you can very clearly see how to gain victory points. Whereas a lot of like worker placement and resource management games, you're having to kind of like work a combo in the background so that maybe three rounds later you can unlock some victory point Mm -hmm. award. This every turn, everything you do is giving you victory points. So you always feel like you're staying on the scoreboard in this game. So it's, it's one of those games that is not defeating to someone who maybe isn't good at games. So they can learn the game and feel like they're staying kind of on par in the race with everyone else. 
So that's my first yeah. choice. Very good. And this was um, published by Czech Games, right? Yep. Uh, and they are the ones that are like behind Galaxy Truckers. And uh, what was the other one that you you recently got one a solo game, right? Oh, uh, uh, under Crimson Skies. Under Crimson Skies. Yep. Yeah, Crimson or Skies. Falling Crimson Skies. Or Under like Falling Sky. I don't Under know. Under Falling Skies. I haven't played it much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, like a solid gaming uh, game design. Yeah, company. totally. And they, it's they it's beautiful art. Yeah. it's really it's really fun. Like the whole time I'm playing it, like in the back of my head, I'm just hearing like that I'm in an, an Aztec or like in an, an Amazon jungle, and you can just hear it because it's just su- such such good artwork. And of course, Jason. You could warn them if only you spoke Covitos. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Jason, who would you give this board game to? Like I said, I would give it to uh, a family that likes to play games. Okay. That even if they have are not a deep gamer, I think this is a good way, like I said, to have fun with a fun aesthetic where everyone feels it's not a defeating game and they can learn to kind of introduce those concepts for other deeper games. So any any kind of a family that has uh, maybe mid to older age kids. Yeah, very good. Very good. Okay, cool. Uh, my game that I am choosing is Stuff Happens. And ha- have I played this with you guys, Jason and Dan? I don't know if we have. Okay, so uh, it's the family. No. Allie, are you familiar with Stuff Happens? Oh, no, I'm I, not. Have play- I have played this with you. I have. This is good. Yeah. So, so this is the family-friendly game of, you know, yeah, blank happens, you know. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's the more adult version. This is the family-friendly version, and it's a lot of fun. So what it is is you get three cards, and you have what's called the misery index, okay? And it's on, literally from, like, 0 to 100. And there's a – you know, there's, like – tons of these cards that are in here and it can be anything from like you have a hangnail and that might be like a 1.4 on the misery index to you just got locked up in a North Korean prison, which is like a 98.7, you know, and you get these three cards in the beginning of the game. And so I might have one that's like at a 10, one that's at like a 40 and then one that's at a 75 and somebody will read something like you just got your arm bit off by a shark. Well, I need to find where that gap in my little, uh, in my card thing. So 10, 50, 75. Well, I think it's worth it in a 75 on the misery index. And so I'd say, I think it's in this area. And they would say yes or no. And if they say yes, then I get the card. And then the first to 10 cards wins the game, hmm. basically. You know, and so uh, the more cards you get, the harder it becomes because your gaps are closing, you know. Um, and so. Uh, and what's cool is, is like if you know, so like if you read me that card and I said, well, I think it's above seventy-five, and they're like, nope. Then Jason, if you're next, you know that it's not above seventy-five, so you can look at your cards and say, well, I think it might be between forty and sixty. This gap that I have here, you know, and then that gives you a greater chance of getting the card. So mm-hmm. if you get behind, um, you actually can catch up pretty quickly because people will guess ranges and. You can kind of figure it out. Um, this is a game that, uh, you know, they're like, they say it's like PG-13 friendly. I think it's P- it's pretty PG friendly. 
Um, they say it's for 13 and up. My eight-year-old or you know nine-year-old loves playing this game, and in fact, they were playing it with the cousins uh, over the weekend. And it's just a really fun game. You can play a game in, gosh, um, 20 minutes, maybe. You know, like it's a great little card game that you can just whip out, play, have a good time with, laugh about certain things, and um, and just kind of move on. So I would give this game to any family, really. This is a family-friendly game. Uh, it's like $20, maybe. I think I got it at Walmart for like $20 when I picked it up. And it's at Walmart, it's on Amazon, things like that. So it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a really easy fun game and you can have as many players as you want. So you could have 2, 4, 6. I think if you're getting more than like 6 players playing it's a little like heavy. You know, maybe you mm-hmm. want to only go up to 7 cards or something like that, but yeah. That's that's it. It's straight so. funsies. It's good. Yeah. A lot of fun there. A lot of fun. All right, Allie, what's your second game? So my second game is Bunny Kingdom. Um, and I just realized it's also a deck building game. <laughs> Look at you. Oh. But it's also <laughs> like a territory game as well. But the little bunnies are just super cute <laughs> for one. Um, but it just is, I mean, it's a longer game. It does take some time. Um, and well, there's a lot going on that board. There is a lot. So, like, when we first got it, it had, like, the tinier board game. And we definitely, like, immediately when they were like, we have an expansion with the bigger board game, we're like, get it and get it now. (laughs) Because it was so much on such a small board game. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is. It just is a fun, creative, like, multiple ways to get points. You can find out, like, well, let's see. You can get points at the end of the game based off of, like, how many bunnies you have out? How's your kingdom doing? How many links you have? How many carrots you have? How, I don't know. It's just a fun, creative territory deck building game. It's pretty adorable too. Yeah, it is. Is this like um, Small World meets Bunnies? A little bit. <laughs> it might be. If I had like like we've played Small World, and if I had to pick, I'd be like. I would pick Bunny Kingdom over Small World. So, like, my okay. knowledge of Small World is, like, eh, because I tend to forget games that are not my favorite. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I do like how it, like, there's four rounds in this yeah. game. You know, and instead of, like, a game that it's like, okay, well, here's the win conditions, and until someone hits those win conditions, you know, which means, like, Small World, my kids don't want to play that game with me because it's a game that can take a long time. Mm-hmm. Right like a really long time to play but if this is four rounds like you know i mean like you said it it still may take a little while but um it's not a three-hour game right and once you get the hang of it it's like you get down and you can play it really well but like the first few games like through you're like oh okay because at the end of each round you 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 do scoring and sometimes the scoring for me like i'm like why like i feel like i should have more points than what i have on the board but it's just how you link and connect and get your kingdoms growing so huh i just bought it (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) cyber monday under 30 dollars including tax place wow one of my kids would really like that it's got like a 46 percent discount 
Yeah. Unfortunately, by the time we get this episode, yeah, it'll published, be gone. Like I went, I, be gone. I went on Amazon, <laughs> going, maybe I should get myself betrayed. Gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 Huh. That's cool. Good. That looks pretty cool. How long does it take to play? It says forty-five minutes. I feel like it took a little longer the first few rounds, but like I said, once you figure it out, and you know, because there's times you get a deck of cards and you go through and you pick one and then you pass your whole deck to the left and then they have to look through it and pick a card and then you pet, you know, yeah. so there's a little time consuming, you know, but if you can figure it out and get it going, you're, you're done within 45 minutes. I, f- I feel like the times that publishers put on their boxes are like contractors bidding on government jobs, right? Just, you know, it's like, Oh, uh, what's the smallest we can put and still not go to jail. You know? <laughs> Yeah, because there are people out there who are like, oh, it's over an hour. I don't want it. I yeah, don't want to yeah, play right. that long. It scares you know? them off. Yeah. 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 Cool. Interesting. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, Jay- Dan? Well, I was going to say, who would you who would you recommend it for? But I think yeah. uh, Dan is one of those guys. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, well, Dan's got I, it. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a 13-year-old daughter. I think that Bunny vibe would – I think she'd enjoy it. And it's yeah. just complex enough where she'd probably – you know, yeah. jam on it without it being too many of my I, games. Yeah, the components are super cute. And, you know, you could paint the castles if you wanted to. <laughs> I, I'm wow. over. Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> you got them hooked. <laughs> I saw people on Board Game Geek doing that. I was like, oh, those look like gold metallics. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Do you think a, a, like a kind of a new gamer folks would like this or is it a, too complicated? For them, or? Uh, I think that it may be a tad complicated just at first, but if yeah. you're patient and go slow with them, then it may, I feel like there are components of it that would be pretty easy to explain. It just feels like a lot when you start to build and lay your bunnies out because it yeah. fills up quick. But I think if you like kind of be like, bear with me, like trust the process, I think you could yeah. be okay with it. Very good. Very good. All right, well, Mister, I like buying board games on the fly. Uh, <laughs> what's your What's your next game? This is why we need to have Allie on the podcast more. Hey. So I will spend right. money. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it helps the gaming industry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my, my second one, you know, I I watched that documentary about uh, board game development. I think it was on Hulu or Amazon a few uh, about about, yeah, about a half a year ago. And they really spent some time interviewing the guy who made Exploding Kittens. And I've received Exploding Kittens as a gift. It's a little card game. It's for fun. It's 10 bucks. You know, it's not a big investment in rules or time, but it's just total funsies. Um, You can just have a great time with it and go, oh, yeah, that was fantastic, Exploding Kittens. And then you can go play something a little meatier and deeper, or you can go to another activity. So Exploding Kittens, I recommend for just about anyone who's not offended by the idea of, of cats on fire and exploding. And, you know, just don't send it to your grandma, everybody else, or, or people in your life that have grandma sensibilities. Every, everybody else will, will have a good time with this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we have Exploding Kittens, and we also have Goat Lords, which is kind of in that same family of quick, fun family card games, right? I, I didn't know so there was the, an NSF exploding kittens. So if you want to oh even yeah. work blue, 
<laughs> if you need a little spice to your exploding kittens, there's the not safe for work version for you and you and your significant other to explode kittens by by yourselves or something. Well, and they have the expansions like where you can wear the coat of shame. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so we have that one that. as well. Yeah, there's quite a few expansions. There's another one kind of like Exploding Kins that's like, what's the point? So instead of being completely eliminated, what's the point kind of brings all the players still in the game, even though, mm-hmm. you know, like, so that was the one link. Like we, we would play with a big, big group of people, but then it'd be towards the end where there's like three or four. So then we have six of us just like waiting for the game to end. So (laughs) what's the point kind of has the same, same aspect of exploding kittens, but you kind of can all stay in the game together, but exploding kittens is a great, great game. We've enjoyed that one. It's just, it's just good fun. And, um, it's, it's holiday. It's stocking stuffer. It's a lightweight gift. You can do a white elephant Mm -hmm. gift with exploding kittens. If, if it's under your, your uh, dollar threshold, um, very, very, it's, it's good. Uh, it, it doesn't, it's not going to demand much from you. And that's, that's yeah. kind of Christmas is giving gifts, you know, don't demand a lot from the receiver of the gift. And that's one of my rules. All right. Who's next? Jason, you're up. Yeah. My second one is uh, one called marrying Mr. Darcy. Now I come from a house of women. Uh, I have one boy <laughs> and five girls and, uh, and a wife. So <laughs> And and, the, and a female dog. And a female dog, yeah. When you we got our first dog. dog, I was like, now we're getting a male dog, right? And she was like, why? I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, but I do have I do have two dogs. And was, anyways, so, yeah, Mary Mr. Dossi, uh there's a big Jane Austen um, uh, uh, fan base uh, that lives relatively near me, and they are huge into Pride and Prejudice. And so Mary and Mr. Darcy was a card game that we got. It's kind of like a joke. Um to say, hey, you know, if maybe if we get this game, then my wife and her sisters will actually play a card game with me, and and we did, and we played it, and it was it was surprisingly fun. Um, it's very well themed to Pride and Prejudice. Uh, you know, if anyone's read Jane Austen books or any of those, like a lot of the a lot of the time in those books is really the conflict and the setting is about picking an appropriate suitor for a woman. And this game pulls on that thread of where you have these uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, some, somewhere around six or so of the famous men from the Pride and Prejudice book um, that are out there. And everyone that plays the game, you're playing one of the uh, one of the daughters in the families. And the whole there are two phases of the game. The first phase is you're building up your character which is basically you're acquiring kind of resource cards that better match you to one of the, one of the uh, potential husbands that you could have. Um, and then as you're building those, re- and they're very well themed, you know, it's like you, you, you know, a skill at playing like, you know, classical piano or, um, you know, being able to, uh, uh, I, I don't know, weird stuff from that time period. Can I but, ask a question? Yeah. Is this the one that also has the zombie phase? No, 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 no. So there was a pride and there was a pride. I was born you, wasn't I? There was a pride no, and prejudice zombie. No, no, no. That game. was a legitimate question. <laughs> there was a pride and prejudice zombie book that came out, right? That kind of put a spin on that to try to open pride and prejudice uh, to wider audiences. That was the only way they, they got me to read Jane Austen. <laughs> yep. yeah, 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 yeah. I will say, I will say um, that uh, you know, once you have, once you have kind of 
develop the skills that best match you with a potential husband then you go into the the next phase of the game which is everyone basically makes a play a power play to match yourself with one of those uh suitors and um it's 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 one of those funny games where you play it now and you're like tongue-in-cheek when you're playing it because you're like this is a little not politically correct but uh at the same time you're like it's just really feels like i'm playing a jane austen it's period correct game it's period correct yeah yeah and so it's a good time, and it gets people who maybe don't kind of play these kinds of complex games versus just draw and match, put two matches down in front of you. The, it gets them to play these because they feel like they're they're playing inside of something that they love. So I would recommend giving this to anyone you kn- any family you know of that has uh, uh, maybe a fan of Jane Austen, um, and you'd like to get them to actually sit down and play a game with you. It's and it's not that expensive too. I don't, it's probably under like thirty bucks. And be sure to tell them there's no zombie phase. There is no zombie okay, phase. <laughs> anyway, so I've I've gotten some people to play this game that I don't think I would have gotten to play other games before. So there you go. That's my second one. And Very it's good. a fun theme. It's a good stocking stuffer. Yeah, marrying yeah, Mister Darcy. I, it's not that expensive, right, Jason? No, I think it's only like uh, maybe twenty. It's 37 on Amazon. Oh, is it 37 oh. on Amazon? That's and we sometimes than... judge games based off of price. We're like, oh, it's a little pricey. Maybe it's a good one. <laughs> that's, uh, that's but a it's five-star rating for 798 rating. Like, that's that's pretty good, full five stars. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, So the art is really, it, like I said, it's very well themed. Um, it makes me want to show my ankles to Mr. Darcy. Yeah, on on board <laughs> game no. geek, I think it's only like a six and a half, but uh, that's because you've got the people that are doing those ratings that's, maybe aren't Jane that's Austen. That's a fans. yeah, that, that's a that's a, a, a population so, bias there. Yeah. So what you're yeah. telling me is the Jane Austen fan base came out on Amazon, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's thirty seven dollars seems a little pricey honestly hey, i think for, we we did not get it for that price for a but, jane uh, austen yeah. fan is that you're printing your own money at that yeah <laughs> anyways very good very good uh let's see my second one is called stuffed fables uh has anybody here played stuffed fables i i have yeah. okay yeah all right so i picked this up at a catacon a catacon in 2018 when we were out there in ohio and what I like about this is that it's a great game to play with younger kids uh, and kind of teach them role-playing games. Because uh, it's like a board game, but it has role-playing elements in it. And uh, you've got fun little minis. And the the game is basically like a bedtime story book that you'll flip as the different chapters happen. And you read and you have to like do different scenarios on it. Uh, Allie, what, what was your thoughts on this game? Uh, so this one was hard for me because I felt like it took a little while to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it still kept my kids engaged, but there were some times where they were like, okay, like, what do we do now? What do we, you know? Um, yeah. But it's so fun to have like the storyline, the choose, like the different movements, the adventure type stuff. And like my kids still asked to play it. Um, and we're, I think we're like three, like, it kind of fizzled out for a little bit, but the whole idea of it is just so fun and creative and just to be playing like a story is what's what they love about it. Yeah. If they're asking you're winning, that's, that's yeah, great. it's true. Yeah. And I, what I really like about this is 
it, uh, like some board games, and we've sort of talked, we've touched on this a little bit on the podcast. Like some board games are like a really good game concept, and then they sort of skinned it with a theme. You know, like maybe they got an IP um, that they were like, okay, we're going to make this a Doctor Who game, or we're going to make this a Firefly game, or something like that, where they came up with the game first, and then they tried to like put the IP or the or the kind of the theme over it. This game is so ingrained in its own thematic aspect of it. Like it, it just, it really is its thing, right? The, the, the story is, is that there's like the evil master of nightmares that's, that's threatening a little girl and you are her stuffed animals that are sworn to protect her. Um, and so like you're these little stuffy animals that like are going out and you're completing these bravery things and you've got you know, your hearts that represent your life and, and uh, these these different things, and I just think it's a lot of fun. Um, I you know, there's different missions, so you can play like I think, I think we played a mission and it was like an hour long together, and then we're like, okay, we'll come back and play the next one another night, you know. And so, um, it's not a game that you can play like in one night, right? Um, if you know, like you you just play one scenario, and I think if I remember correctly, there's like, I don't know, six or seven scenarios in the game, something like that. I will say that, um, like as an adult, like maybe the replayability for me wasn't like super high on this, but I could see how the kids would be like, Hey, let's go back and play it again. Cause you know, maybe their kind of attention spans, not as focused, <laughs> you know, they're like, this is just fun. I just have fun playing it. Right. So, um, but this is definitely a game for kids. Uh, it retails, uh, let me see real quick. Amazon's got it, uh, like for $75. So it is a little bit more expensive, yeah. but like I said, it comes, it comes with miniatures and the board game is like, a a, a bedtime story book mm-hmm. that's like kind of all in one. So and there's like some bound. pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. There's some pretty significant components to this, um, which is kind of makes a makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, and those minis, um, they they look really good. If if those would be like a great mini, if your kids were like, "Hey, I want to paint this," you could hand you could walk them through the process of of painting a mini and still have a very playable piece even after they paint it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it does not and- apply to some of my uh, screen accurate Star Wars minis, but yeah, exactly. And some of the, and some of the, by the way, like there's like, you know, your hero miniatures that are your stuffed animals. The bad miniatures that are in here are straight out of like Sid from Toy Story, right? Like it's concoctions. True. You're right. right. Yes. <laughs> they're super dark. Yeah. Well, they're like, they're like toys that have been like broken and mashed together or that are like missing like limbs or something. Oh, oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're like these evil stuffies and you've got to kind of like go, go defeat them to kind of protect this little girl. So it's good. It is, I, it's I, really, really cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've got like a niece or a nephew and you're like that super awesome uncle, like this is the game to get, I would do for, for them. Yeah. Along yeah. with stuff fables, the same as wonder book is a lot like stuff fables. I feel like it drew me in more though than stuff fables. Okay. 
Um, but it was also, it was one, like, I think it was like six nights in a row. We just sat down and we're like, we're, we're playing wonder book again. We're playing wonder book again. Like awesome. it's, it's a fun one. Just like stuff fables where you're like on an adventure and it's a story and it's fun. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, all right, Allie, what's your last one that you got? My last one is potion explosion. It's and I feel like. I, lo- I love this game more or less because I feel like it kind of has like a phone app game feeling to it. So like okay. if you have those those kids who are on their phone playing those games, it's like, hey, here is a game that you, you could play on your phone, but it's like real life. And so you're basically like dumping all of these marbles into this really cool container and you're allowed to choose one marble out of it and your goal is to have after you pull that marble out have the same color marbles hit and if you you could get those marbles and if the next colors hit you get like so you're creating like this explosion of potions like based off of one marble that you hit and then you create potions that give you bonus moves where you can like pick an extra marble or you can pick three of one color you know so it's just a fun like I feel like if you have kids who like phone games that they could sit down and play this game and it kind of gives you the same vibe. It's just a real game in front of you. That's awesome. I, I'm looking at it on, on board game geek. It looks very kind of tangible and kinetic. Yeah. And, and just, uh, and the art's really great. The art is so cool. Yeah. And then you get the expansion that like adds to it. If you, if you go that route where like you can't drop marbles or you lose points, you can't have marbles roll off the table or you lose points. And so, I don't know. It's just one of those that I always recommend it to people because I feel like it's a game that keeps your attention. It's colorful. It just, you just go for it and, and try to really try to find that one marble that will explode with multiple marbles after that one. Yeah, this uh, it's got a a on board game geek right uh, rating of seven point one, which is a, a total. I mean, that's a, that's a great score, and it's got a weight rating right, which is its complexity rating of one point seven seven out of five, which means this is not a hard game. No, not at uh, all. But it looks like a great fun game, right? Yes. So, yeah, very 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 cool with this. I have n- I had not heard of this one before, and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, the best and what I'd recommend, and, and they don't make them like that anymore, but the Lazy Susan turntable, like, for dinner, yeah, we have a yeah. big one that we put our thing on, and so it just, because you spent, you know, you have to rotate your marbles so other people can see, but it's the best if you have a giant Lazy Susan to just spin the board game That's great. <laughs> as That's you go. Cool. It's so good, and yeah, I came across it at a garage sale. I'm like, they don't make them this big anymore, but it fits perfectly to to have that game on it. Yeah. I see it on Amazon for $35 right now, which, uh, yeah. My sister was like, I'm buying that. I'm like <laughs> you should. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's great. Very, yeah. very it's good. It's a Simon game. Oh, yeah. is it now? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Without minis. What do you know? Without minis. Without minis. Cool what minis you know? are not. <laughs> Let's say not, yeah. but still a cool game. I think yeah. it's, uh, I, I think this is around the time that Simon actually started getting into producing miniature games, because like uh, at that time they were still doing like the um, uh, the community miniature painting voting thing, which is like, is this a cool mini or not? You know, and mm. that's where they got their name from. But I think it was around that time that they really started putting out like uh, Zombie Side and and some of their other big miniature games. 
So, yeah. All right, Dan, what's your third one? Um, a, a game near and dear to my heart is Cash and Guns. Um, mm-hmm. Four to eight players. Everybody gets a foam gun. You're, you're all criminals. You have a cute little criminal miniature in front of you. Or a, not a miniature, a little flat board. And you guys have just, you know, finished your big heist. And it all goes south when all of the criminals turn on each other out of greed and violence. And uh, it's a fun game. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek. It's one of those great four-to-eight-player games, which means uh, you know you can have multiple people over to your house and play this game. And you find yourself pointing guns at, at, at your friends' spouses, which is always very strange. You're like, sorry, I, I think I'm going to shoot you, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, so... Um, it's cool and and usually you get a lot of laughter out of it. Um, and it's not so intense, even though you're pointing rubber guns with orange tips at each other, it's not so intense that, um, you know, it, it's not a heavy competitive game, um, but it's, 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 um, it's very engaging. It gets everybody's adrenaline up. You know, when you're in a room of eight people and everybody has a gun and you all start pointing at each other, I've had like people in my house go, wow, this, this is intense. <laughs> Like it's a foam, it's a piece of foam in the shape of a gun. You're going to be okay. Uh, but there's different strategies, whether you want to get the money or collect, uh, I'm sorry, I dropped my phone, collect um, artwork or, or diamonds or stuff like that. So uh, it's great. There are two expansions. I bought both of them. They had different kinds of guns, like bigger guns and grappling hooks and all kinds of interesting things. And you can play with more players too, which is one of the expansions. So, and, um, and there's a team version as well, so you can group up and and uh, have three people all working towards uh, getting their collective loot uh, accumulated to the highest number. So it's great. It's a party game. It's funsies, and um, <coughs> it is not uh, a typical thing that m- most. When you get a board game and you open it up, it's about pointing guns at each other. That is not your typical board game. So. Uh, you're, right. you're really going to break the mold and people go, wow, this is really different. Yeah, very good. Very We've had good. a lot of fun playing that at your place. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Thanks. The base game is under 40 bucks right now online, so it's good. It's good, good, good. Uh, <laughs> I remember Jason. the first yeah, – yeah. sorry. I remember the first time we were at – I think we were at a Gen Con, and sometimes at Gen Con that last day we all decide to just do the games library. Oh, yeah, and we're punchy and our brains and are fried. And there's just all of us all over the place, yeah. And, and I remember I was sitting at one side of the table playing, I don't know, like Nemesis or something, <laughs> and I look over, and there's the rest of the rest of you are all at the other side, and you've got these mafia hats on, and you're pointing these foam guns at each other, and I'm like, I want to be playing that game. I don't remember the hats, but we definitely <laughs> had foam guns. Yeah. You had something on yeah. your – yeah, you had something other than the guns that was also like part of the We were being redi- – I think the there ensemble. was – you know, you do four or five days of gaming, and what happens on the last day is usually – pretty frayed stuff and so you know, yeah. yeah pointing a foam gun is is a good decision space when you've been you know deciding the fate of the universe game after game after game for day after day after yeah. day yeah. yeah good times my third one is uh actually it's called three things um what will it take to survive this is a great fun family party game um uh i have another game like this that i like to play to break the ice when i'm in big social settings where people are not necessarily gamers um, called the Shindig Machine, um, but uh, that will maybe be an honorable mention. But the three things is basically a little bag that has little tokens or cards in them, little kind of like uh, square square uh, chit boards. 
And each of those just has a picture of something on it, like whether it be, you know, a uh, lipstick or uh, a hammer or a whoopee cushion or um, a pack of gum, something. There's like a hundred of these cards in there. And you play the game by you put all the cards in front, all these little chits, chipboards in front of you on the table so that everybody can see them. And then somebody draws from a stack of cards that gives you a scenario you have to survive from. Uh, and that scenario can be as simple as, um, you know, like you, you were walking out on the frozen lake and you fell through the ice. Uh, go. And then everyone scrambles to grab three of these cards and put them in front of them. And they have to tell a story using those cards, how those items are going to help them survive that, <laughs> that encounter. Um, and it sounds like, oh, that'd be pretty straightforward, but there's really the cards, the cards really start to get goofy and you have to get creative. Cause like, how am I going to use a whoopee cushion to survive, you know, this, this kind of a situation. Um, and the, and a lot of the cards, the scenarios you get are not just like, Hey, you fell through the ice. How are you going to survive? It can be stuff like, you know, um, uh, uh, you, your boss is sitting next to you in a meeting and you've got to fart really bad. <laughs> You know, and so like, what do you do to survive? Ooh, and then everybody my. grabs, grabs, yeah, and everybody grabs these cards. Or like, you know, you're the uh, uh, aliens have come into the atmosphere and you've been designated as first contact and they're not friendly, you know. So, uh, and my kids, my, you know, my, my six-year-old, my, my, my six-year-old, my five-year-old, they could play this game. You just tell them something funny and they grab these three cards and they have to tell a story. And I found that it gets everyone involved. You can play it. It says up to eight players, but you can, I mean, we've played it with more than eight because there's like a hundred some little tokens in, on the table. Uh, kids, adults, everyone has a good time with it. Um, people who play games, people who say they don't like to play games will sit down and play this. It's only like 20 bucks on Amazon, and it comes in a nice, cool little, like, tote bag with a whistle on it. Uh, really, really a lot of fun. Highly recommend it as a stocking stuffer. Or just as a family gift to another family, if you want. And that's my yeah, third very one. Cool. Very good, very good. I think I played that at your house. Yeah, it's one that comes out a lot. Like I said, if we have, if we're having, um, you're not just guys over to play games, but if we're having like you know, uh, guys and wives and and even kids come over, it's one that that's easy to throw on the table and have people have a good time. Yeah, very good. Easy to clean up too. Just dump it all back in the bag. Nice, nice. Uh, my third game that I have, I played actually, Dan, at your house. It was a game that our friend Drew and his wife brought to a couple's game night. It is called Redneck Life. Oh, no. <laughs> I love this game. It is so Do much fun. Do you own fun. it now, or have you just... I don't, oh, okay. but I want to. It's only $24. <laughs> it's only you can't $24. overprice and- Redneck Life. And you can get it on Amazon with the uh, with the Bust in the Gut expansion um, total for $40. So, and I think that's a very good deal for this game. Um, Allie, have you ever played this game before? Redneck I actually Life? have. <laughs> yes! I like yes! saw your note and I was like, Redneck. And then when I clicked on it, I was like, oh my gosh, I've played this game. Oh. To the extent where like I want to buy flamingos and put them in my neighbor's yards. Yes. This is a joke with the friends who we played with because it oh, was like, amazing. I need flamingos in my life now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this game. If you if you've played the game of life, and you're like that was fun as a kid, 
this is the game for you as an adult because it's basically like redneck life. Like you go through and it's like if you made it to the eighth grade education, like you're doing really well, <laughs> you know, and your your different occupations. You might be a monster truck driver or like a swamp, uh, like a like a like a swamp, like a, a boat driver or something like that. Right. Like um, so you measure your success on how many teeth you have left by the end of right. the game. <laughs> correct. And there's yes, real reasons correct. to lose your teeth. And once you lose yeah. a tooth, you're not getting it back. It's gone. And like one of my favorite things is that you have these score sheets that are just hilarious. I mean, like everything about this game is really funny, but the score sheets are hilarious because it's like got your profession, how much you earn, what your mortgage on your double wide is going to be, you know, and it has like 20 slots for how many kids you could have. <laughs> right <laughs> it's not like the game of life where you had like four little pegs ready for your kids you know you know this is like 20 and I, I was looking on amazon at some of the like reviews and somebody posted theirs and um it was great because like they they had like uh let me see here they have 12 kids and it, their, their names are daryl lee daryl jones daryl rob daryl ray daryl joe daryl jr daryl eugene you know, like all the way down and how much each kid costs and all that stuff. So um, it's this game is a ton of fun. We had so much fun at Couples Game Night with this. When they pulled it out, like we had way too much fun with this. I, and it is fun. There is a bit of a pacing problem. It goes on just the, the joke gets over. Probably There's something happens when the joke is slightly not funny and you still have about a quarter of the game left to go. <laughs> um, now, but it's good. now, I will say, I will say this, Dan. That um, this game is for two to six people playing, and we had Fun we had people. probably like eight couples playing. Yeah, I don't I don't know how we did that. They so I think that was part of the pacing. I think that was yeah. Part there of were the too pacing. many people, and the funny thing is, is as you go, you're like, hey, look at this funny thing, and everybody laughs. And, but but it is a good game, and I'm not gonna knock it off your list. The genius of this game is the actual photos they use for the different kinds of cars you can buy. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. are so genius. All of these crazy yeah. hoopties, like guys that have like bolted a doghouse onto the front of their car or the back. And they're real cars. And it's all real stuff that actually exists yeah. in redneck reality. Yes. And that yes. that's, that's just that moment of realism where like, you know, the makers of this game really tried to be exceptional with their with their well, vehicles it's funny yeah i mean I, I grew up you know my family's from the south and i could say i know multiple people that have owned school buses <laughs> i, I feel that. like this done, is a good like white elephant present you know totally. like it's people totally are like yeah. great but then you don't it's a gem like you're really gonna enjoy the game and you know so it's like a jokes on you but really <laughs> You're yeah. really going to be like, oh, I'm actually going to play this game, and you're actually going to enjoy it and laugh and be entertained by it. Yeah. Um, on Amazon, it has 4,000 ratings, <laughs> and it's five stars. <laughs> <laughs> like, that should tell you that this is an amazing game. Yeah. This it, is an amazing it game. It, it, it holds up. It's good. I, I It does watch that you're pacing. Keep keep it going. Don't don't bog down early. Keep Keep the game rolling. And don't worry about losing your teeth. One of the weird things about the game is you don't have the same sense of accomplishment as you would have in other games. Once you've beat it, you're like, wow, I won, and I don't feel better as a person. 
That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on Board Game Geek, it has considerably less high reviews. <laughs> wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong crowd, wrong crowd. Uh, yeah, wrong I'm going to say that's just the snobbery <laughs> of uh, Board Game Geek, maybe. You know, like, uh, trust the Amazon reviews on this oh, one. Oh, it is like, a they, snobby they crowd, BGG. Let, yeah. Let's be very yeah. honest. So... Uh, you're you're playing this game for the shtick, but this is a great game. If you have gaming friends that you love to play with, like this is like, get this for them. And and like a and like a Ali said, like this is a great white elephant gift. Like, uh, it's just it's just fun all around. And twenty four so. bucks, it's not like <laughs> seriously. You, know, you don't really have to worry about the, yeah. you know overspending on it. Right on. Yep, yep. Well, are there any honorable mentions that came super close to making the cut, but didn't quite make it. I mean, I think we could probably go on forever on lots of games that we enjoy. Yeah. But what games make good gifts, you know, uh, to kind of get the families and stuff involved in? I think we hit a pretty good list here. I, yeah. I bought a game totally. sight unseen for my son. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be good, but it's um, Marvel United. They have those cool little minis that are kind it's of cartoony. Good. It's good. So it's, it's it's hiding in my it's hiding in my basement, <laughs> and he, that that'll be something he gets to unwrap on Christmas. We have played that multiple times in okay, the last good. few weeks, Sweet. and like ordered the Avengers X Men one. Oh, nice. Nice. because of it you know so like my husband's like make sure you say something about that if you can like <laughs> like awesome. it's and here, you are. here and we you. are like it's perfect like so I, yeah. I i literally got the core game and the spider-man set my my 10 year old loves spidey i think yep. i got it for a song they were just giving it away online it was less than 20 bucks for both of those yep. pieces i was like well screw this i'll have fun painting the minis if no one likes the game <laughs> no it is it is a very fun like it we played it three times and the fourth time when i wasn't playing it they actually beat it so i'm wondering if i was the weakest <laughs> link on it but i did i was like hanging out with some ladies and my husband texts me he's like we beat him i'm like oh that's awesome like it, and, you know we're talking like three nights in a row where they wanted to bring that game to the table and play it and so oh, good, i think that's good. awesome when you get a game like that where they're even if you're getting you know defeated so many times you want to bring it back out and keep trying like i think that's good yeah i was gonna say it's the opposite yeah i was gonna say for younger families one of our favorites when our kids were younger was ghost fight and treasure hunters and that was when i was kind of leaning towards just for a younger audience mm-hmm. if you're looking for like your like five six-year-old kids it's something that you will enjoy because it's a cooperative game and the like little ghosts in it are super cute (laughs) but it's something that it teaches your kids to work together but you're also entertained by it and there's two levels where you just go in and collect the treasures or you have to go in and collect the treasures by a number order so there's different levels of how hard the game will be but it keeps your younger kids engaged as well as the adults while they play it with their kids um, so that was one that I thought of just for younger kids. If you have a younger family that you're trying to get board games on the table, that's not like shoots and ladders, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's right. got a little more meat to it. Allie, say, say the name of that one themselves. again. Ghost fight and treasure hunters. Ghost fight and treasure hunters. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Uh, I've just got two quick ones, Jason. Uh, you have one. I have one. These are great, like little gag uh, board game things that sometimes are fun to play. Mine is the Bob Ross Art of Chill. Oh yes, uh, game <laughs> where you end up uh, painting and learning how to chill out 
while you paint. It's a great game, and oh. uh, it is. And, and need, you're and the game I that need you to have. Chill more. That's right. The game, yeah, the game I have is Kenny G's keeping it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, when you play that game, it says mandatory must play Kenny G playlist on Spotify when you start the game. Mandatory. Oh, so I love it. So the whole time you're playing the game, you got somebody's phone playing Kenny G music. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, it's all about helping Kenny G keep his keep his groove <laughs> throughout the, the the hard trials of the day. It's great. I remember being yep. at Gen Con when the Bob Ross thing came out, and they were pitching oh, yeah. it, and I was just scratching a welt in my head, going, "What is this? What is this hobby come to? Have we lost all of our ideas? Are there no more ideas?" But that's okay. I'm glad you enjoyed that. It game. was a fun game. It was a fun game. I'm not chilled, yeah. apparently. No, you know, you need to get chilled. Making, making paintings, picking the, the right paint. It, 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 the funny thing is, is that game I actually got as a gift. Um, I remember. And I, think, I was yeah. there when you got it. Where, where, where did I get yeah, it? We, was were, it? we did a murder mystery dinner at uh, our buddy Sean's house. That's right. You you won something and you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you maybe. figured out who the, the guy was, the murderer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that was the that was the thing, was the Bob Ross game. And yep. it was fun. It was good times. So, yeah, anyway, but uh, too way too many games out there that you could be giving as gifts. Hopefully, you, our audience, got a good breadth of potential games that you could be giving your friends, family, nephews, nieces, children. Uh, there's there's a lot out there that uh, that are good. And, uh, Allie, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and participating with us. Oh, thank you. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah we, good times. We really enjoyed having you on here, and uh, <laughs> you you brought a wealth of knowledge that uh, we are usually just one so far, at. just one. But uh, let, let's just say things have been going in and out of the shop. Yeah. So thank you so much, uh, everybody. If you uh, enjoyed the show. Please give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts, wherever you can find it. That helps the algorithm for folks finding us and and sharing it with us as well. And uh, if you liked what you heard today or if you've got some ideas on what games you think would be good gifts, hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Tabletop and Beyond. We'd love to hear from you. So, uh, And a special shout-out to the – the gamer babe, uh, that would be the underscore gamer underscore babe, uh, Allie, your your Instagram page. Like, uh, hopefully, a lot of our listeners will go check out your content because yeah, you've you got coming. a lot of good stuff that you put out regularly. Thank you. So, thank you. Yeah. Yes, yep, I enjoyed it. Thank you. No problem. Well, thank you, everybody, and mm-hmm. uh, have a great night and keep the dice rolling. See ya. <laughs>